This is the Plan Simple Podcast. The one for you, my dear, the woman who wears so many hats. We both know how many people in your life benefit when you're at your best. What would happen if you were to ditch overwhelm and wear all those hats with ease? I'm going to share how simple this can be. We will dive into how to make health, family, home, spirituality, productivity, and entrepreneurship more easeful. Incredible friends and guests will come by for inspirational conversations, valuable shares, and real strategies so you can plan for your best life. My name is Mia Moran. I'm a mother of three, a wife, an entrepreneur, a coach, and your host. I wear a lot of hats, and I am committed to leading a balanced life and sharing all that I have learned and am learning with you. You're ready? Let's flow. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. I'm so excited for you to meet our guest today. I have been really focused on how to unfold the episodes of the podcast. So they they go along with the topics that we're talking about in Flow 365. So I don't I think I've explained this a few times, but in case you're new here, welcome. And I've just been we cover so many topics. You know, we're talking about work-life wellness balance. So sometimes I like to think about the work piece or the motherhood piece or the meal piece. Um, there's all these different pieces to think about. And I've been trying to group the talks I have with com- the conversations that I have with other people together to really make this as useful as possible for you. But our guest today is just such a great, she's really a great example of just what's possible when we're balancing all the things. So she really is bringing together all the different pieces, all the different topics. So she's going to get into some great strategies for meal planning because that's her work. Um, but she's just such a great example of balancing that work with motherhood and with cooking and health and all the things that she does. So I'm really excited to bring her on. So her name is Melissa Griffiths. She's a food blogger, a recipe developer, and a food photographer, and she loves helping busy families reclaim dinner time and enjoy their time together. So if you're thinking that that's something you're wanting to do, this is a great one to listen to, especially at this time of year, right? Like dinner's changing as we head from summer into fall. And she will explain all about her business, but on top of her business, she and her husband also live on a 12-acre farm in southern Utah with five children, chickens, rabbits, turkeys, bees, all the other things. And so she really, and I think she homeschools her kids, so she really is balancing all the different things, and you'll hear in her tone of voice just how grounded and excited she is about all the things, even the hard things. So I'm really excited, really excited to have her here on this show. So I'm going to introduce you to her in one second. I'm going to get her on the show. I've already introduced her to you, but you'll actually meet her in a few minutes. But before I get her on, I just have a couple of announcements. So along this line of of thinking through themes, right now, my, my goal between now and the end of the year is that we offer a handful, a few, I think we're going to have five or six 
free workshop opportunities. So you can plan different areas of your life. You can really come in, understand the thinking, understand the flow planning process, and how it pertains to different areas of your life. So those are coming up. We have one coming up like this weekend that we already ran once this week, but we're running again because it was just really amazing. And it's about planning the transition from summer to fall. So if you want to get that, you can head on over to plansimple.com and grab a seat. It's going to be on Saturday morning. And then after that, in a few weeks, we are going to have a workshop on planning for motherhood, which sounds kind of weird. I'm not talking about planning on becoming a mother. I'm talking about planning for the pieces of motherhood, whether you have little ones or teenagers, or maybe you're even an empty nester, but you still identify as a mother. And you're trying to figure out what that means, like how to even spend your time in that role and what that could really look like. And I'm talking like, I'm not talking about driving kids and and doing all the things that we think or we thought we were supposed to do. I'm talking about the meaningful stuff. So we're going to get into a conversation about that and really make a plan for what we want that role to look like um, in the upcoming months in our lives. So that's coming up. Um, After we focus on motherhood for a little bit, we're going to move into work and entrepreneurship. I'm so excited. So there'll be a workshop around that. And then we're going to move into food. So you're going to get some great tips today, actually, on this episode. And then there'll be even more as we head out of October. Um, And then we're going to look at the holiday season. So every month, there's going to be really great content that you can tune into um, for free. And then if you're interested in going deeper in any of these areas, we're doing this new really cool thing right now, and it's starting right now, which is usually you can only work with us for a year. Because I really do believe it takes a year for a woman to really make a change in a really sustainable way. In fact, many of the people in Flow 365 have been with us for far longer for a, than a year, like two, three years, because as you spiral through change, there's like always another level. There's always another place to go. And it's really helpful to be in supportive community as you're making your next change. So I really do believe (laughs) that one of the things we need to do is give ourselves the time it takes to change through all the seasons in different phases, all the different things. And I understand that that's a little bit of of a hard not a hard sell. That's a weird way to say it. But, you know, I'm asking you to have a lot of faith in me. And so, or in our company or in the planning process. And so what I really wanted to make available this fall, and I think we figured out how to do it, was littler bits of of planning, of diving deep into one subject of a, at a time. So right now, we have just made available something that is called feminine follow-through. And it is all about how to follow through because one of the things that I've noticed, one of the reasons we stop ourselves, and I see this over and over with clients, is we stop ourselves from dreaming because we don't think we'll we'll do it. We don't think we'll take the action, even if it's like not even something hard. It's like about sleeping or taking care of ourselves. Sometimes we won't do what it takes because 
so many things are coming at us in life and we're responding to them. We're constantly responding, responding, responding. And so this is really about what it looks like to follow through in a whole new way, one that's like nurturing and honors what you, what's in alignment with what you're really wanting your life to be about, and one that is it honors the season that you're in, all the different parts. So we're going to j- be diving into feminine follow-through for four weeks, and it's going to be so good. So if you're interested in that as well, head on over to plansimple.com. That's where you can find out about our next workshop and about any course that we're offering. And we're going to be doing these four-week containers through the rest of the year. And I'm going to make a whole separate episode because I don't want to like keep going before we get Melissa on. Melissa's you're just going to love her. So I don't want to, I don't want to waste too much time talking about all this, but I just want you to know that if following through is something that you are, I don't know, trying to do, or like you're really wanting to take the next step in your life, but that's a place that you doubt yourself, you'll definitely want to check this out. All right. And in a future episode, I will tell you about all the things because there's some exciting things coming up this fall. But for now, with no further ado, let's get Melissa on. And I really, really, really wish that we all do her meal planning exercise like this weekend. We all do it in the way that she explains because it makes it so easeful and so fun. And I did it right after I had a conversation with her and it really works. So let's get Melissa on the show. Hello, Melissa. Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. Okay. So we have a lot to talk about today, all of which is like my favorite topics to talk about. And sometimes I always feel like, you know, I'm talking, talking, talking about all the things that we're going to talk about today. And it's so fun to have someone else to talk about them with. So tell us a little bit about your background and just like give us a picture of what life looks like for you right now, because I think that will be helpful as we get into some specific strategies for people. Yeah, I'm a work-at-home mom of five. I live in beautiful southern Utah. We have a working hobby farm, which means that it's a hobby and a farm. It's not our primary income, but we grow cut flowers and we do farmer's markets and we have honeybees and it's just fun. I homeschool and so life is pretty busy. And then on the work side, and my kids are 14 through seven every two years, There's I had a girl and then four little boys and oh my gosh yeah it's really really fun and then for work i run a food blog so i take food photos and i write recipes and that's where my love is and i've written cookbooks so i am doing that on top of living this beautiful busy life all right so i mean i'm looking at some people are just listening right now i'm looking you in the eye and you look like it's early your time because we're in different time zones so you look calm and relaxed. So tell us a little bit about that balance between all the things motherhood and and, and work. Like tell us like how how are you thinking about that? Um I have I'm pretty far down the journey, right? I'm 10 years into being a work at home yep. mom. And so I've had yep. a lot of um time to instill support. So my support looks like like I have a team. I have people that help me write and edit and do those kind of things. I'm sure much like you. And also my yeah. like marriage partner relationship has evolved a lot in 10 years. So my um, partner works from home also. And that's new. He came home 
Um, oh, amazing. Yeah. So well, maybe. <laughs> it was 2019. At the end of 2019, he um, started working from home, but more working with, with me and for me. And then the pandemic hit. And so I was sweating and it was really hard because I was like, what have I done? Like now I'm the sole income for a family of seven. And this is crazy. But it has evolved over the last almost three years in that I do a lot of school stuff in the morning. And then I'm working afternoons because I have someone in the house that is doing doing life in the afternoons with the kids. Awesome. Okay. So help is a really big part then sure. of all this. And so tell us a little bit, can you, can you share anything? Like, so I'm sure there's people listening who are like, that sounds amazing, but like, I don't have enough money or my business isn't big enough, or I don't know. I feel like the list can go on because it's hard to ask for help, even if we do have the budget for it, which I think actually one of my big lessons was help wasn't as expensive as I thought it was. <laughs> I made it very big in my head. But tell us a little bit about that evolution um, for anyone listening who's like, whoa. I think it started with asking a girlfriend that I really trusted that had kids my age. And I haven't homeschooled forever. It's only been like three years. So I had a few kids in okay. school and I had a few littles at home and my husband was not at home. And so to get like a two or three hour chunk, I really like time blocking. And so to get a three hour yep. chunk once or twice a week, I would ask her to babysit. Do you know what I mean? So I could, awesome. I would yeah. take this essentially a paid play date and they were, they were only playing for three hours at a time, they would go from nine to noon. And then I had nap yep. time, right? Cause they were still little. So I would kind of work it. Yep. So once a week they were going from nine to noon, I'd come home and we'd have lunch and read our stories and then they'd have nap time. And so I would have one day a week where I knew I could get a few things done between nine and two when kids came home from school. And that's how I started getting help. And then on the, like online is awesome. I love working online and it has been pretty easy to hire help. And, um, Right. Getting a VA, just uh, offloading yeah. the things that I am not good at or I don't want to do. So right now where I probably put the most money is social media management, which I love. Mm -hmm. Right. Because, because I don't love it. I love getting help. I love someone yeah. helping me post because it's all my content. I created all that, but not being responsible to put it on Facebook every day <laughs> has been such a relief. Yeah. So, I feel like I did not want to be the bottleneck in my own business and in my own life. So the places where my pain points lie were the first places that I hired. Like it, it's pretty easy to hire a food photographer now. You know, online, there's all kinds of cool, cool people who are working at home. But that's what I like. That's what I'm good at. That's what I'm quick at. So I, I offloaded the things that, that I piece. am not good at or I did not like. I love that. I, I think that and I think that's really important because like you alluded at the very beginning that you have a whole team now, which, you know, and and I, I'm assuming from both of our perspectives we're you know, we're I'm definitely still growing and I we probably maybe we have similar size teams. I don't really know, but it sounds I, I have the people who you just mentioned <laughs> um, and 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 yes, and, and I know that I, it's still a path. And I think sometimes when you don't have any help, it's really hard to imagine like how it's going to come in. And so just knowing like I love the story of just three hours, just three hours, somebody you already trust, you're giving like there's so many. I mean, I love one of the things I love most about really embracing being a mom and a woman entrepreneur is that there's so many other women and who are mothers who just want three hours of work. <laughs> and, yes, that is my favorite and part. You can give it to them. Other other people, right? Our, this yeah. beautiful business is a funneling like goods and incomes into many other households now. And I like, that's one of my favorite parts of it. 
Yeah. And I think that was actually a really helpful for me. That was a really helpful turning of things. Like it wasn't about me being selfish or incapable or whatever, which definitely is where the mind can go sometimes. But like you're empowering other people and how fun it is to like be able to do that. Like it's amazing. I completely agree. All right. So I'm, st- I, I am a little bit um, curious um, about the person who comes to your home after. So tell us about that. So is that just somebody who's watching the kids while you're working? Oh, no, it's my husband. Like in these days? Oh, your yeah. husband. Oh, great. great he, <laughs> so he's supposed to be doing yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. that's the transition. In 2009, he didn't go to an office job anymore. And so my husband watches my kids in the afternoon. And it's not watching my, my, my husband does like, like, so homeschool, I do a lot of the book stuff and curriculum and he is doing life right we're building a gabion basket which is a rock wall retaining wall and my kids uh water and cut the hay and we sell our hay and thomas is he um our town is really little so he's on some municipal boards so he helps with the irrigation and with the sewer he's on these boards to help um run these these commodity not that these are the wrong words. This is not my wheelhouse, but he takes my kids. He goes down and he checks the sewer ponds because that's part of his. Yeah. So they're like having like real life understanding. And that's part of that's, I think that's the beautiful part of homeschool. Yeah. So he's taking them. He's doing a lot of hands-on projects with them. Like it's part of their schooling. We're running businesses. We're running this farm. He's checking the bees. We're so cool. We're helping out with some of these other entities in our town. Yeah. So he, he does the afternoon parenting and then we come back together for dinner. So that has changed everything. Cause I know that I have, I essentially work one to five yeah. every day. Yeah. Pretty guaranteed. Amazing. Amazing. So let's talk about, so now you're one to five before when you first started, you got somebody from nine to 12. So let's talk <laughs> a little bit about time blocking and how you thought about it. Cause that's one of my favorite strategies. So I love hearing how everybody thinks about it and how you got yourself I, to I do, do the work. during. Stuff. Yeah, I I feel like I have an editorial calendar. Like I've already planned through the end of this year. Like I know all my holiday content, which is very exciting when you're a food blogger. Yes, super fun to be thinking about Christmas cookies and pumpkin in in July and August. (laughs) I love it. I think it's fun. And um, so I look at big picture, and then when I have my editorial calendar is done, then I batch work. So I will batch uh, recipe like. I'll do two to three days a month where I'll have a really long kitchen day and I will get eight to 10 recipes a done, done for the day. Yeah. And then I will batch edit all my, all my images and then I'll batch upload. Like I, I do big batches, but I tend to work in, in month chunks. So I say, okay, this month I'm going to do kitchen days where I'm working, you know, eight to 10 hours a day. And I, I actually work more during the summer because I homeschool, right? Right. So my on time is the school year. And then my kids, like all the neighbor kids are home for the summer and the pool is open and my husband, right. They're working outside projects. So I work a lot in the summer, which I, I like. So I've been doing a kitchen day once a week instead of once or twice a week during the summer. And I should have most of my Q4 content shot by September. Amazing. That's so good. It's funny because I've, I've been doing something similar for a very different reason, but um, in September, I might, two of my brothers just had babies and I'm like determined to be the best aunt ever. So I maybe even at the time this is airing, I will be like with the babies. And so I'm leaning into a lot of the fall and winter content now. And sometimes like when I say that out loud to the wrong person, I'm just like, wait, what? Like, you know, like sometimes you feel like you're supposed to be saying that you're at the beach and you're doing all these things, but like my kids are having wonderful experiences. Like everybody's having, doing what they need to do. And 
it feels really good sometimes to get some stuff done. Yeah. So it's like leaning Same into the season. Us. We're having a wedding at the farm. It's my brother's wedding. And like, that is so much like fun and excitement and pressure to get yes, things yeah. done. Yes, so, I love it. Yeah, September, we- I also that, right? I have tons of people. My grandma, who is 91, she comes out and stays long periods of time with us from Indiana. So she is coming for the wedding and then staying for a few weeks. Like I know that my fall, my, my fall gets busy and I... Yes. I don't know. I don't mind looking in the summer. The light is great. And and you'll have all the content ready and you have this VA who can post it for you. Right. So it's like all your pieces are done. That's a bottleneck. That's a current hire. I, I don't have that VA right now and it's painful. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. That's on my list. We'll we'll talk offline maybe. (laughs) All right. So so I want to get into the piece about food because I feel like that's mm-hmm. definitely like your expertise. But I just have one more question about your batch working, which is will you because we you know, we serve a lot of a lot of listeners are, are entrepreneurs balancing motherhood and their wellness and all the different things. And I'm a big proponent of both planning, obviously, given the name of this and and batching is, is a strategy we use a lot. And I find that is as, as as much as. I believe in like that idea of like planning the, the, like all your content and whatnot. It's hard to explain to people sometimes like how time saving, how time bending that even is. Like it really is. It's just so helpful when, when we can do this. And, and we work with a lot of people who, um, you know, consider themselves very intuitive and really wanting to be in the moment. So do you have any strategies on that, that piece of planning out your content and how long it should take? And I don't know, just any strategies behind that, the planning of content. I just oh, know that's going to serve someone driven. listening. You are? Okay. Yes. I really, I love data. I love search engine optimization, like SEO. I love looking at trends, past trends, what I think is a future trend. So planning content is is pretty data driven for me, but it's also oh, intuitive. I think about like if I wanted to be a one stop shop, and this applies to all businesses. If you mm-hmm. want to be like the life coach or the health coach, like that people rely on and come back to, like what do you need to fill out your 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 offering essentially? So I'll sit down at the seasons. I just in my family group chat, I go, okay, I have worked so hard on Thanksgiving. Will you please look, this is my mom and my sisters. I'm like, yeah, please tell me if I have any gaps, right? It's time to be like closing in the gaps. We've been doing it for 10 years. Do I have all of the stuffings? Do I have all of, so some of it is intuitive in the fact that I'm like, okay, what do people need? What am I missing? Like last year, my mom's roll recipe does really, really well, but people are saying, can I make this ahead of time? Can I make this the night before? So I worked on an overnight roll recipe because I knew that it was serving a purpose for my audience. And I published it in June. Who who cares? You don't need to publish an overnight roll recipe, but then it's like locked and loaded. And when people are ready to do their Thanksgiving and Christmas cooking, I can say, yep, I I have it. If you're doing it overnight, this is the one that you should use. So I do try to like be service-based and education-based. And some of it is a little more organic. Like I had um, teach people how to can peaches. There are no peaches ready here. So I slash it off my editorial calendar. When it is seasonal here, I will get the peaches. And if I'm posting it in January, so be it. It'll be nine months early for the next season, even though I have missed the window for this year. Like I, I should have thought of that last year, but I didn't. 
Got it. Got it. So you're always like learning and staying open and and keeping lists and then sort of like slotting it in so that. And I don't think that there's anything wrong being unseasonal. I had a super crazy, I got sick last December. We, we had COVID and I, I didn't, I missed so many of my Christmas cookies. That's something that I love. Like I love my Christmas cookies. I had it done. So I'm posting Christmas cookies when I'm feeling better in February. Does anyone care? No. <laughs> were they making well, it? No, but they were ready. I'd already gone the, done the content. I did a lot of candy this year. I did a lot of candy in the spring, which is not when you're making candy, but I, I didn't care. Like it was filling out. I wanted to be, I want to be really robust in my business and kind of cover all those bases. And I'm yep. okay with it not being exactly like I didn't post my divinity candy recipe right for Christmas. No, I, I posted it in June when it's too muggy to make it. But when you're thinking of it, it's ready for you. And so is there like, so one of the things that I think that trips up entrepreneurs just like in being sort of like creative, like wanting to be creative in the moment, you know, you know, one, whenever I'm like working with people, it's, it's very easy to show how planning actually can create more creativity and more freedom, but it's hard. It's like, it's kind of hard to explain because like the creative person like wants to be able to like show up to their camera and like do the things. And, and I think that what both Melissa and I have experienced is that, you know, really writing it out and then being able to show up and like, you know, be prepared and do the work and be creative while you're doing the work um, makes a lot possible when you're balancing a lot of things, especially yeah. homeschooled kids. And I think <laughs> that the creativity comes out in the offerings, right? Whether it's, yeah. and it's not live. Like I'm working on these really cool lists of like, here's how to stock your freezer and here's how to stock your pantry and some of this stuff. And that, that came out of the pandemic and I'm two years behind now, but it's going to be a really cool resource in that creativity take some time and planning, even though the inspiration came in a really creative moment. I love that. I just, I mean, everything that you've just said, I want, what I really want people to take in, because like what you said so beautifully is like, you're just showing up to the work when you, you know, like when you can basically, and it's, and it's sort of in the perfect timing. Um, because so often people think they're behind. And I think especially with content and marketing and, you know, all those pieces. And it holds us back sometimes, I think, from serving, which I think is why most people want to do what they're doing as entrepreneurs. And so I love like, I mean, I, I think everyone listening wants the the freezer and pantry thing. So I mean, you've sold our audience for sure. Like we want to know yeah. how to get that now. Yeah. I have a friend who always says your ship never sails. Do you know what I mean? It's your ship. It, yeah. You know what I mean? It is, it is never leaving without you. It is never, the time has never passed. And that yes. has helped me tell because I've, I've done that. I have felt behind. Like I had, I started this blog in 2009 I went, tried to be more professional in 2012. And so in 2012, I can tell you who started that year and they are huge and they've blown up and they've done everything twice as fast as me. And I had three and four and five kids and I did not have childcare and I was not sending them to daycare. You know what I mean? That was not my priority. Yeah. I wanted to be at home with my kids. And I have, I have struggled with that. Like I'm, I'm behind. Yeah. I didn't do this right. But at the same time, like this has been a magical gift. Like my husband and I both see our children all day, every day. And, and we want that, right? Not everyone wants that. I, yeah. I picked and that I know some of those people, they, life. some of those people eventually had kids and then they, then they took their break. 
<laughs> some of those 2012 people. <laughs> they just didn't have kids at the time. Right, All right. Taking so the breaks now that their business yes, is exactly. established. And right, there's exactly. some like, oh, that must be nice. Do you know what I mean? I have yeah. to like I have to I have to work on that. It's all Yeah, it's all work. It's all mm -hmm. work in progress and knowing that we're in the right time at the right place. But yeah. for sure I want to see the pantry thing. So let's move mm -hmm. into food. Let's let's talk about some of your strategies. So obviously we've we've shown that your life is so full, right? You're homeschooling, you're running the successful business successful enough that like now your husband's working from home. Um, you run a farm. I mean, there's a lot of people who are like, oh my gosh, like how does she do all this? And then, you know, we all have these um, 21 meals a, day, a week that have to get put on the table for us and our family. So tell us a little bit about your thinking behind that and, yeah, this and, is, and how that works in your house. This is exact. This is what I love. I love helping people with this. And I have kind of been teaching this idea since like 2012 of like meal planning, essentially. Yep. And it used to be clean. Do you remember when it was clean eating? And that just meant that you didn't eat processed foods. And now I don't even know what it <laughs> means. So I, like, I've been making these crazy meal plans, not crazy, super functional meal plans for years and years and years. And, and probably seven or eight years ago, I landed on this um, idea that you assign categories to days of the week. So like Monday night. Oh, that's how my book is written. Do you know that? No, that's, that's all funny. my book. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's funny. Here. See, I knew we had it with symbiotic. <laughs> yes. Did your people know awesome. as well? No, I want to hear your, I, I think hearing as many takes on this as possible is so good because I think we all think of things slightly differently and have slightly and different reasoning behind it. Right? Yeah. This, yeah. This so you, method. like if you're a let's hear it from this you. Is the way. <laughs> okay. So go, you tell hey, us. Yeah. I love categories. So pick, I generally pick like eight to 10 categories because some are going to like pop in and out. Like I use slow cooker year round, but I know not everyone does, but like my soup and stew category right now is being, is replaced with my grilling. So I do grilling and taco night and Italian night and comfort foods. I have Tuesday nights are a really busy night because we have Girl Scouts and we have church obligation. We do, we do stuff on Tuesday night. So that's my 15 minute meal. I do really quick and easy or slow cooker. So pick your categories, Italian comfort sandwiches, breakfast for dinner, do things that you're going to, your kids are going to eat. And then I make a master list. So write your categories, like one on each page. And eventually you're going to type this up and keep it inside of your cabinet. This is, this is my trick. So make your master list. So go through, okay, breakfast for dinner. This is not new recipes, not new things. This is things you already know how to make. You're making eggs in a hole waffles pancakes my kids hate egg for breakfast or breakfast for dinner do you, do you my kids hate it i never do my, my there i have one who thinks that's a huge novelty and then i have two, my kids are a little bit skewed older than yours so i have three teens and there two of them are athletes and it's like i haven't figured out how to make breakfast for dinner weirdly enough like heart you know like when yeah. it's like not like full enough for them or yeah. nutritious enough for them. Yeah. yeah. My kids don't like it. So I don't know why I'm using that example. Taco night, right? I know how to make <laughs> taco night. We love, <laughs> Yeah, but you know how to make more than you think we get stuck on ground beef tacos. So let's go. Okay. I know how to make a white chicken enchilada. I know how to make the soup. I love tostadas. I just brush, brush the corn tortillas and bake them so that they're crunchy. And then we layer them with the beans. I forget about tostadas all the time, but I love tostadas and we're doing you know what I mean? Write down all your Tex-Mex meals that you know how to make and put them on your list and then write down your favorite slow cookers and then do your soups and stews, your favorite grill night things. You could do salads. You could do an ethnic night. I love it when I write down ethnic. And so then we're having curries and you know what I mean? Our, we have a friend from Ghana and we're, 
he has great recipes, but I forget to make them. And so yes. like put them on your list, make this master list. And then I type it all up and I tape it inside my cabinet. So the master list is done. It is essentially everything that you know how to make organized by category. And then if you want, because to- when you sit down to meal plan, you forget, right. Is that, that the logic behind that? Like it's literally yeah, it's like our brain goes blank. Yeah. 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 It's you, you you have to think over and over again and you, and we're tired, right? We have to take some of that thinking out. Um, so yeah, the master list, I even do this for breakfast. I assign breakfast days of the week. So like every Monday and Thursday is oatmeal every Tuesday and Friday scrambled eggs. We do cold cereal on Sundays. Do you know what I mean? Like I know my kids know what day of the week, what they're going to have for breakfast. And then lunches, I just plan by a master list. I just write down, I have like 17 super easy lunch ideas. And I, I, if I don't know what I'm going to make, I just say, kids, open open the cupboard. Just see what we have stuff for. And so the thing yeah. I've already done. And then if you're actually going to put it in a calendar, I do a month at a time. And so Monday, put soup and stew. Tuesday, taco night. Wednesday, comfort food. Thursday, Italian. Friday, grilling or eating out. So put that on your list and then just plug them in. Just say, okay, I'm going down. So all of those Tuesdays, I'm picking one off my list. All of those Mondays, I'm picking one off my list that fits the category. And then you've essentially planned a month at a time because you did your brain dump and you got your master list going and that works really well. And then the op, and then you can shop a week at a time or two weeks at a time. You can get your shopping done because it's already on the calendar. And if you're going to try new recipes, like write it down. Like you can have a new recipe night of the week. I have a friend that does that on Sundays. That's the day that we we do that on Saturdays. That's my thing. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And that, but you planned it because you know, it's going to take a little more time and you have a little more time and people are going to be around. And if you need a night for leftovers, like plan your leftover night. And if you need a date night, like or I'm going to order pizza, like write it down and just have it on the calendar. And then I think the other way to use that, if you're not doing a month at a time is to just say, okay, this week, I know that I'm going to cook at home about three times. So I'm going to pick three meals off my master list, do my grocery shopping, have them ready at the house for my three meals. And then be like, okay, Tuesday is convenient. Friday and Sunday are convenient. And then the rest of the nights, I'm not going to worry about a meal plan because sometimes it is overwhelming for people. Yes, I have noticed things. that. So a lot of times I'll just say, okay, yep. well, don't put it in the calendar. Don't feel obligated for Monday to be this thing. Just say, I have my master list. The thinking's already done for me. I I know that this week I can make these three meals for my family, and I'll and I'll and I'll commit to that. Yeah, awesome. And depending on, I mean, you have a big family, so you know, and I do too, because I, I I mean, I have only have three kids, but they're teenagers, so they eat a lot, um, and so. I feel like I'm still learning like how, like, I don't think I can double back. Like at this current moment, it's actually hard for me to double up a recipe. Like I used to be able to double up and like, you know, save part, but like at this point, it's like, there's more, somebody goes and takes it. Um, But for anyone with, with smaller children or, or less children, like a lot of times a dinner can last for multiple nights, right? So you could have it on Monday and then rewarm it up on Wednesday or whatever, if you didn't want to do it if you didn't want to do it in the same day. So I love that. I love the master list for no matter how you're going to do it. Mm-hmm. I love that that's the thing that everybody can start with. Um, because yeah, if you're planning a month, if you're planning a week. So so the a thing I hear a lot is like, I've planned my whole, like it, it is from people who want, sorry, my thing, we're going to edit that out because my thing keeps beeping. I don't know if you're hearing that. I can't hear Okay. Oh, that's good to know. Um, so the thing I hear a lot is like, I've planned my whole week, you know, 
a lot of times I think that that means that too many meals have been planned because by Wednesday or Thursday, it's feeling really overwhelming. And it is feeling like, you know, something got off and now I don't know how to get back on. So what is your thinking? If you plan a whole month, I mean, I think a lot of these things just take practice. So I'm assuming you've just been practicing this for many years. And so it's become something that's easy for you. But I also assume you get a lot of questions. So Will you talk about the month? Like what, what, like, is there a check-in? Like, do you check in each week and make sure everything still resonates? Like what's your process if you've planned a whole month? Yeah. To go in and think about it in the week or day by day or. Even in my month, I never plan more than five meals, even for my big family. So I never, I don't do anything on Sunday nights. Those are. Okay. And then Friday night. So Sunday and Friday, I don't have a firm meal in mind and that helps, right? It's a great buffer. So if I didn't yeah. get to chicken enchiladas, I can make those for Friday or Friday can be leftovers. And then Sunday is a lot of leftovers or ketchup. And then I, or I just won't cook in my childhood. My mom made us a good lunch after church. And then that night she, we would make chocolate chip cookies and have popcorn. Like Sunday night dinner. Was so <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. Popcorn, right? This is family tradition. And we would even go to my grandma's and she, my dad is from a giant family. All these cousins were playing and there's normally cookies and popcorn. Like that's just Sunday night meals to me. So most of the time for my family, my kids are fishing out leftovers. And if they're hungry yeah. and I'll do popcorn and, and cookies because that's just, it's my day off. I cook for a living. And so Sunday is the day, like that's my cold cereal day. That's the day. <laughs> so, oh, I love yeah, that. So is, I love that. my day off. I really, I, I don't cook. That's, that's the day. If my kids are, I mean, they can do cold cereal or something if they all day long, because cold cereal is really expensive and my kids can eat a whole box. <laughs> so yep. if there's any leftover from the breakfast, like I don't care if they eat it all day long. So I, I think it is yep. over planning. And then generally on my yep. calendar, I will circle what I didn't get to so that I know that it's there. And so if I, oh, I, I that's don't grocery good. shop a ton at a time, I keep a ton of stuff on, on hand because I'm like two hours mm-hmm. from a Walmart. I live really, really rurally. So yep. I, I keep a ton. I have a super well-stocked pantry. And like freezer. freezer. Yeah. And yep. so if I just yep. didn't get to the meal, I just circle it so that I know that I didn't. And maybe I, cause I'll do my fresh produce. I grow so much of my own though. I don't, I don't rely on a grocery store a ton, which is nice. Um, yeah. I'll just yeah. circle it to note that I didn't make it. And sometimes I'll erase a later one and move it down. Or I'll just like draw an arrow yeah. and X one out. So I do try to like keep a yeah. list of at least like, okay, this month, I I didn't end up making that. So it's been four weeks since we've had it at least. So just to make a note of it. So yeah, don't, Interesting. don't plan every night. You're never, <laughs> I don't know any... Very yeah. few people can cook that much and eat that much. Yes, yes. I love that. And well, you've said two really important things that I just want to point out too. One, that you, uh, first of all, Tuesdays are really busy. So that's your quick meal. And Sunday, you just want off. And I think like often and and why meal planning is still really important part of what we do around here is that like, we don't think about ourselves. We don't, and we also sometimes don't even think about our realistic schedule when we're meal planning. So I love that you've like thought about like, you know, that's a busy day. So it needs a quick meal and there's other days that might be slower. And then there's a day where like, you just don't need to cook. And I think that that's really important because this whole meal thing can be really 
burdensome, but we can bring in some self-care to it and we can make the meal serve us too. Like we can eat what we want (laughs) from time to time, you know, like, so I just think it's really important to think of all those things. Yes. I'm a huge proponent of like my kids eat, eat robustly now because that's what's been in front of them. And I'll do a lot. Like if I do curry, I like it hot. I love a nice spicy curry and I'll make, I'll make curry that I think is, you know, mom food. And I always serve it, but I, I have components. I think if you're feeding little kids, keeping it separate, like make your rice have a, I do, I canned fruit. So I'll have a can of last year's peaches. I'll have my curry. And then I might still do like some green beans. If I was making vegetables for the curry and I can pull out a few, I'll have a little bowl of vegetables. Yeah. So my kids can just like essentially make a little rice bowl and we'll put some soy sauce on it. Just keeping those compartments. That's why everyone likes tacos. 100% why is because you can customize it. People love yeah, customized yeah, yeah. meal and we'll do um, DIY or we call it salad bar night. I'll just put all these ingredient yep. things. It's essentially chef salad. So we'll put but all the ingredients yep. in a million different bowls and it's a lot of dishes, but I don't care because everyone will eat salad so much better if they can put what they want on it. Yeah, we do that. We do grain. I'm a big fan of a grain bowl. Mm-hmm. And so we actually usually have that two, if not three nights a week, because it also helps for like, I can prep yeah, just a set of things and sort of mix and match them throughout the week. And, and then my kids learn like, right. So now that they're teenagers and like, sometimes I'm working when they're coming home to have lunch or we're just at this year where like family dinner has always been this thing that we've really never let go of, but we're just, my son's about to, my oldest is about to go to college. And I know it's so sad. And my, other two are, you know, one's in eighth grade and one's in 11th grade and they do sports and stuff in there. So there's some nights where it's like, I'm sacrificing too much of somebody in order to like make it so that we're all together. And on those days or nights, um, you know, now they just, they know how to put together, they know how to go into the fridge and not just like go into the pantry where yes, we do still have some chips and stuff. Like they know not to just do that. They'll like go into the fridge and, and warm up rice and get some beans and put some, you know, lettuce on top of it. And I think a lot of that has to do with like taco night and rice bowl night and all these components that they've just figured out how to put together and really make them, them feel yeah, good. So as long as the things are there, they'll go get them. And also about flavor profiles, right? Your bowls probably have like yeah. a Tex-Mex vibe. I bet that you do something that has, do you do any kind of like peanutty cilantro yeah, exactly. And I so like so every week I'll make like two mm-hmm. sauces, you know, so they have that to put on top. And what's really interesting, actually, about the one going to college is he's really started to get disappointed about the food. I mean, in advance of tasting any of it, which I know it's not going to be like here, but but I'm like, listen, you have this huge advantage because you've had to put things together. So you're going to you can walk into the dining hall and be like, OK, if I go take, you know, the thing from over here and put some stuff from the salad bar and then like go find the soy sauce. Like I can figure it out. Like, I'm like, you're, you have no idea. You're going to be able to figure it out in a way that's probably a lot different than other people might put things together. So I know you can like find nutrition, (laughs) even though it's college. I love that. Yeah. Which is very cool. Yeah. All right. So we're going to have to end soon, but well, before we, I ask the final question, um, tell me, tell us how we can find you. Tell people how they can find you. And and when is that resource coming out about Freezers and pantries because well. I'm obsessed. It's it's very okay. Random. Cool. I'm just not very good at the sales okay. page stuff. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, I wrote a, another cookbook. 
and it's all included in it. Yeah, yes. This is like a from scratch. Oh, amazing. Yeah, it's really, it's a passion project at this point. It's really fun. Um, I'm at bless this mess on social media. And then my URL is actually bless this mess, please.com. But if you Google like bless this mess, and then any kind of general keyword, I rank really well. I have great donuts and cornbread and some of the, so if you're looking for a recipe and, and you want bless this mess with at my site, you can just Google those words together. I'll pop right up. Awesome. Awesome. And so like when we are meal planning and we write down like cornbread, since you just said that, I'll put that, then we can go Google and find a recipe, right? Like when we, when we do that list, we don't have to know how to make everything by heart. Well, I think general idea, like it's this just, isn't the time to learn how to make beef Wellington. Do you know what I mean? That Saturday night. Right. Like, yeah. Don't put beef Wellington if yeah. you don't have a general concept of how beef Wellington comes together. Cause that's a right. But cornbread, we could go Google yeah. a recipe, find a recipe and just like get like the measurement start to finish. And it, it's one of those really quick sides when you need like, okay, I, I threw chili in the, in the slow cooker, but I need a little bit more to round this out or yeah. Yeah. I, that's one of my favorite dinners in the fall. Yeah. Cornbread and chili comes together food. very quickly. <laughs> All right. Any last thoughts on either work-life balance or making meals easier through the week that you want to leave our listeners? I just think it's always worth it. And starting is where you start, right? Just moving forward. So many people will email me and say, how do I do this? Or what do I do this? And I'll give them all this information. And then there's no forward movement. So if you're struggling with meal planning, just just make a, a master list. Just spend 30 minutes and do it once. And if you're struggling with starting a business, just start. I, I think that the the barrier to entry is is getting so many of us. So if we can make the barrier a little more attainable by just making the master list or just creating some useful pieces of content and, and seeing how they resonate with people like that, I, I think that there's a lot of power in just like trusting the process and, and having some forward more momentum towards what you're trying to accomplish. I love it. I love it. And over time, I mean, I'm sitting here looking less in the eye so I can see how calm she is. And actually, that's a comment that I get a lot from people. But that's a practice, like, right? It's like you stretch yourself a little and then you figure out how to get calm around it. And then you stretch yourself a little bit more and then you figure out how to get calm again. And and you just, you keep growing. And so if you start with one Tuesday night dinner or Wednesday night dinner or whatever, that's a starting yeah. point. And then next week you can add Sunday lunch or whatever. Hard, right? Too much, too much information and too many things go. You you can make five thousand different yeah. cornbread recipes. Do you know what I mean? And the de- decision fatigue yes. is real. So if we can just just move forward with a few yeah. little things and not not think that we have to have the whole puzzle put together as soon as we get two pieces. Like I love that. I think that we need a little more grace for ourselves. Yes. Oh my gosh. We'll end with grace. Thank you so much for your time. This has been amazing. It's been great. Thanks. At the end of every episode, we always share three doable changes so you can take what you've heard and put it into action because action is where real change happens. And here's the thing, the changes, the goals, the projects, the desires we have, they can feel really big, but I have seen over and over and over again that it is the little changes that add up to 
make that big thing happen. So a lot of times we feel like action that we take needs to be as big as the desire that we have inside of us. And I have seen over and over again that that is not true. In fact, the opposite really proves itself to be true more often, which is that when you're actually in action, which is easier to do with the little things, you make a lot more progress with what you want. So at the end of every conversation I have, I always choose three doable changes so that you can take what you've heard and put it into action. And again, I choose three, they're all doable, and I recommend that you choose the one that resonates most with you or one that just resonates in your life. Maybe it's not one of my three, but you take this as inspiration, right? And you really fit that one into your life for a week, you play with it, you schedule pieces of it, you make it work for you so that it's something that you've done or been or seen or worked toward. Does that make sense? So one thing, one little action. All right, here are three from my conversation with Melissa. Number one, ask for help. We tend to try to do it all alone, but that doesn't always work, or it works until we get burnt out or tired or exhausted or wherever it is that you are. So if asking for help is hard for you, just start with a small ask, right? Hey, sweetie, I'm talking to a kid right now, right? Can you dry these dishes that I'm washing? Can you take the silverware out of the dishwasher and put it away? Does that make sense? So little things you can ask for help with. That's an example of a something any age kid could probably do over the age of three. It could be that you ask for some help with kids so you can get some work done. So that might be a few hours of babysitting. It might be trading with a friend to get that done if you don't have a babysitter you can hire. It could be like I just gave the example of delegating a household task that you hate. So again, that could even be to a child. You could ask a spouse for help. Whatever it is, you can ask for help, all right? We also gave some examples in your business. If you're an entrepreneur, you can hire an assistant to do a small project. So just because you're feeling tapped out, maxed out in your work, it doesn't mean that you have to go do some big thing to make a change. You can hire someone to help you for a project, for a small project or for a small amount of hours a week. Does that make sense? I'm excited for anyone who takes on this one. Asking for help is big. Number two, batch work. Whether it's making a big batch of meals, prepping vegetables you'll use throughout the week, or writing all your content in a block of time, batching work saves time. There's literally no question about it. So instead of switching from task to task, you're sticking to one thing and you're working your way through a bunch of stuff that's in one category, one way that your brain is thinking, right? Making food is one kind of energy. Writing content is another kind of energy. Maybe serving clients is another kind of energy. Being with your kids is another kind of energy. That's a funny thing to think about batching, but you know what I mean, right? We're, we're grouping like things, running errands. So often I hear people say, I'm going to run errands. And it's like, when we batch that, we save so much time. And eventually you might not run as many errands. 
but batch the things that go together. The other thing about batching that I will tell you from a mindset perspective, so not only is it more literally efficient from a productivity standpoint, but from your mindset, think about this. If you're batching your food for the week, maybe part of it is you're making your dinner or you're moving your dinner forward, but you're also moving the meal that's two days, three days away forward. And that feels really good. So you might move faster. You might be more connected. You might feel better about that thing in general. So often if there's something that you don't like to do and you batch it, you will find that you like it better. All right. Doable change number three, make a meal plan. You know we love this one. There are two steps that you can make to this change that Melissa shared. I loved the way she explained this. So if you didn't get it all, go back and listen to that part. Make a master list of meals that you can make. All right. So this is step one. And these should be things that you already know and like how to make, right? This is not... You might have to check a recipe for quantity, but this isn't flipping through a recipe book and finding ideas of things you might want to make. These are things that you make. And then set up a weekly rhythm. Maybe Monday is soup night, Tuesday is tacos. You know what I mean. You could do the memes, the ones that come up all the time, or you can make up your own. One of the ones I love is the day that I go to the farmer's market, that's farm day. So fit foods from your master list into your rhythm. And voila, you could have a month of meals planned out in one sitting. We love efficiency. Go back and listen to the episode if you're like, I don't know how to make that many meals. You do. Go listen to how Melissa explains that. It was really helpful and impactful. All right. And I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you know a woman who wants a little more simple and a lot more flow, share this episode and send them over to the Plan Simple website to download our free course. And if you can find a five minute window today between meetings in the carpool line while you're eating your lunch, head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. This one action plays such a big part in helping other women find us. And I have so much gratitude for you in advance. So thank you so much. Until next week, dream big, plan from your heart, and have a great day.